God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a very special guest with us. Dr. Bruce Allen is going to be sharing with us just amazing, supernatural things that the Lord has shown him from the Scripture and through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about translation by faith. Welcome to the podcast today. We're just delighted that you are with us. We know that this is going to be an amazing time in the Lord today, and we want to welcome our guest, uh, Bruce Allen, to be with us. He's going to be with us in March at our headquarters in Jasper, Arkansas, for his Supernatural School Translation by Faith, and that is March 20th through the 25th. So if you're interested in coming, and I'm sure you will be by the end of this podcast, go to globaloutpouring.org and click on the events tab, and you will see all the details about this. It's $450, including room and board. You just can't hardly beat that. We, we have accommodations in a, in a dorm style. And, uh, and rooms for couples. And some, uh, some rooms for some couples. Rooms for you better couples. Hurry, up, hurry up and get, get your uh, <laughs> applications in because we only have a limited supply of rooms for doubles. And we also want to invite you to look around on our website because there's lots of things for you to see there. You can connect to our Facebook page and to our YouTube channel. You can tune in with us on Friday nights for Friday Night Live Worship. And go to that green button and hit subscribe and get onto our email lists. And we can stay in touch with you better that way. And we want to bless you. This is going to be a glorious time today. So, Dr. Bruce Allen, we are so glad that you are with us today from, from Stillwater's International Missions. We're so delighted that you are our guest on this podcast. It's great to be with you. I'm excited. You have written a number of books, Biblical Secrets of a Supernatural Life, Translation by Faith, Foundations of Glory, Gazing into Glory, and there's a study guide with that one as well, The Prophetic Promise of the Seventh Day, The Promise of the Third Day, Wow, you've been busy writing and writing and writing. We're excited that you're with us today and that you're going to be with us in March. Tell us more about what this translation by faith thing is all about. You've been given a mandate. What's the Holy Spirit saying? Well, boy, that's a loaded question. It started with me 20, 22 years ago. Uh, you know, I'm not really a morning person. I wake up at the crack of noon, no matter what time I get up. <laughs> but uh, Holy Spirit asked me a question, right? You know, right in that place where you're, you're just awake and you're laying in bed going, oh, okay, what's the day? He said, can a man be translated by faith? Well, I had no paradigm for that. I was confused and just kind of pondering. And the only logical reason I could come up with in that foggy moment was, well, if he's asking me, it must be possible. Mm-hmm. So I said, yes, sir, I believe so. And he said, good, prepare. And now I'm kind of dumbfounded. I said, well, how do I prepare for that? He said, I just told you by faith. And that was it. 
Wow. And so that began the, the adventure or the, the journey of muddling, muddling through, like for three days, two and a half, three days, I was just in a fugue. I, I, the only scripture I possibly would have come up with having uh, studied uh, the, the New Testament as much as I did would have been Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch where he was caught away. But I even forgot that one. So I'm just, <laughs> and I, I got a phone call on the morning of the third day. This person in Spokane here who she and her husband had a Bible college, she said, I had a strange dream with you in it last night. And I thought, well, that would make it strange. She said, you were teaching at our Bible college, but it was a course I'd never heard of. And I just waited. And finally, I had to say, well, okay, what was the course? She hesitated. She said, well, it's called Translation by Faith. And I went, excuse me? <laughs> I said, go on, go on. She said, well, you taught up until the morning break. There were only 12 students. I said, that's a good number. Jesus only had 12. She said, but at the break, you told them, if you want to learn the rest of this, you have to come with me. And you vanished, and only three of the students could vanish with you. Wow. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, do you remember the scriptures I was using to teach in your dream? She said, yeah, I think I do. I said, write them down quickly. I'm coming over. I love that. <laughs> and that's where it started. <laughs> wow. So I studied that for a few months, and then I kind of wrung that trail dry and sitting there and I thought, well, I'm going to do what I've always done. I go back to the book of Genesis and start and read all the way through and do write down, you know, get up. And that's how it started. So it uh, it's unfolded since then with profound insight from the scripture, but then God always married it with, a, with uh, an experience mm -hmm. to confirm his word. So what experience did you have? Well, the first one, that's funny. The first one, uh, I had been studying for about six, seven months. It's coming up on Christmas, and we were doing a New Year's conference in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, with some friends. And just, you know, talking briefly before the conference began, pastor said, well, so uh, what's God been talking to you about lately? And I told him, well, you know, one of the interesting things is this subject of translation by faith. And I told him a little bit, and he said, oh, wow, are you teaching that here? I said, no, 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 I'm not ready to teach. I, I'm still learning. So what did he do? He got up and he introduced me and said, he's going to teach on translation by faith. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, good Lord. What's, and then worship starts and I'm just going after God like, okay, that's not funny. What are we doing? In the midst of that, I'm caught away in the spirit. Wow. I'm taken above. Now it's wintertime. It's New Year's Eve. I'm taken above the earth and I can see. You know, you've seen the pictures from space of cities at night, and you see the lights mm -hmm. of the cities. And I'm over uh, Eastern Europe, and I look down, and somehow God showed me the outline of countries. And I looking, I said, Lord, is, is that Lithuania or Latvia? He said, Latvia. I said, oh. As soon as he said that, I started descending. Hmm. So I, I remember coming through one of these white cumulus clouds, getting a little damp, came down, coming to the top of a, a building, which turned out to be an apartment flat, but I didn't stop on the roof. I went right through. Now that was wow. a weird experience. <laughs> four floor, it was four floors uh, tall, but I ended up going through two of them onto the second floor in front of door number 212. Hmm. So I'm standing there looking around and I hear this little girl, young girl, 
heart-rending weeping, mm. and my heart is just moved, and I, I didn't even hesitate. I opened the door, walked in. The apartment couldn't have been 600 square feet. Mm. You're talking a little living room with a kitchenette, a door for the restroom, and one door for a bedroom, which is where the crying was coming from. I walked in there. Here's this little girl. I knew her name was Natalia. She was Russian. I knelt down. And I said, honey, what's the matter? She looked at me with these puppy dog eyes and tears. That always gets me. And uh, she said, mommy and daddy are out looking for something to eat. We haven't eaten in a week. Mm. And they're going to shut the power off and we're getting evicted tomorrow. We have nowhere to go. And she was just weeping. So I, I kind of grabbed her and started praying with her. I don't know for how long. And boom, I'm back in the meeting and I'm teaching. So you were already teaching. I was already teaching. Wow. And uh, wow. they actually, if you go on our website, they took a picture of that. Because I had a friend, I knew we were going to, I didn't know what I told my friend, Bob, I said, bring your camera. He professional for I said, you just take pictures. I know we're going to catch something supernatural. Hmm. And then I forgot. I had even asked him. He never even told me for six months. When I finally called, he said, well, uh, and he, now he's stumbling. I said, what? He said, I'll send you the picture. He sends it to me and I'm transparent. Wow. Oh, I said, wow. when did this happen? That happened. That, And I said, why did it take you so long? Well, look, I, I had to get my camera checked. I got the, the, the card checked. I got everything checked. They, they can't explain it. I said, thank you. And so God was confirming his word. Wow. Wow. And that's one of the beginning experiences the Lord gave me. Wow. Wow. So just to make sure that everybody understands, I have read enough of your material and I've seen enough of your videos that I know that you are a stickler for making sure that everything is scriptural. That this isn't some kind of uh, new age thing. This isn't some kind of astral projection. Uh, no. This this is something that God has. So uh, tell us a little bit more about about the uh, scriptural basis for this. Well, we can start with Enoch, Genesis five. Enoch was sixty five years old when he just began to walk with God. Now that's kind of fascinating study there. I mean, he can go and sit down and talk with his grandfather Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam lived another three hundred years after yeah. he was after Enoch yeah. was born. So, so theoretically, they they could have been conversing about what proves, it was like. Exactly, which proves just because I have an experience and walk with God doesn't mean my children will until they make a decision. Very mm-hmm. true. You can't get in on somebody else's shirt tail. Mm-hmm. So something happened in his life. Well, what it was is the Lord said. You're going to have a son. His name will, is Methuselah, which means his death shall bring the judgment, basically. That's when he got serious, because who knows how long they're going to live. Mm-hmm. Thank God he lived for uh, almost a thousand years. Yeah. But during that, that's when he got serious with God, and he began to walk with God. So here's the question that so many people ask. Well, I mean, do you have to be young to walk in this? Well, Enoch star- started at 65. You don't have to be old to walk in it either. You have to believe to walk in it. That's mm-hmm. the word. That's good. Yeah. So he now there's a connector word in Hebrew we don't see in our English language. It's the Hebrew word et. Oh yes. Aleph Tav. Mm-hmm. And he not walked with et God, and wow. he wasn't alive because et God took him. Really, I didn't realize that word was there in that context. 
It's right there. And as you know, obviously, you know, then Et is Aleph Tav. So he walked with the first strong leader who came in the sign of the cross of the covenant of the cross. Who was that? Yeshua. Mm -hmm. So he had a relationship with the pre-incarnate Christ or a relationship with the Father. And and just to add a little a little understanding there, that would be the Hebrew equivalent of Alpha and Omega. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's that's something that we more connect with because we see that in the scripture in the book of Revelation. But unless you can recognize the Hebrew letters, um, you wouldn't know about et. No, no. So twice that's in there. Two is a number of witness. Pay attention. It's all about <sighs> intimacy. Yeah. Mm. Walking in this realm is about intimacy. Yes. First and foremost. So then we move on and we could, I mean, there's so many scriptures that talk about this. Uh, Elijah. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, is chapter 19, was it? No, 18. Elijah walked with, I mean, he, he shows himself to Obadiah, mm-hmm. Ahab's servant. And it says, Obadiah recognized him and came and fell on his face and knees on his knees before him and said, are you Elijah? I said, well, you just recognized him. But if you understand the backstory and what he was saying is, everybody says they saw you and they go tell Ahab and then they come and you're not there because the spirit of God took you away somewhere. I want to make sure, is this, are you really here? Is this you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's me. And he says, go tell him I'm here. What, what have I done to you? How do I know the moment I don't leave, the, whole, the Spirit of God's not going to take you somewhere else? He said, no, I'll be here and I'll wait. So Elijah was one that had these experiences. Yeah. Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel's a little different. but And, and I, I spell it out, too. There's both physical catching away. That's why I call that translocation, just to help define it. Mm-hmm. Distinction and translation, which can be spiritual. Either or, you're still tangibly there to those that are receiving. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, that's how God began to lead me. We have, it's just on and on. So, there's there's stories of this kind of thing going on even in the early days uh, before colonial America. Um, Why don't you tell about the the purple lady and the the blue nun? Hmm. Well, that was was fun. I was uh, ministering in... Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, went to the university to, to the museum. I like, I love ancient history. And I'm looking through there, and here's this display at the time, and it it had a purple dress. And one of those old um, English, you know, from earlobe all the way down to the toes type thing. <laughs> and, had, and there was the story. And the story was how when the first American settlers finally began to progress across the, the Plain States, and came across the Cherokee Nation, you know, they tried to evangelize, and they said, oh, we already know of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and they were dumbfounded. How could you know? Well, the purple lady told us. And the story was this woman from London, England, consistently, regularly would translocate over to the, the Plain States and, and preach the gospel and minister Christ to those Cherokee nations. Even earlier than that, there was a story of a, a uh, a woman who went to the Hopi nations in southern New Mexico, Utah, down in that area, Arizona, same thing. She shared the gospel with them. So historically, even in this nation, this is nothing new, right. although <laughs> it's new to 
the church. <laughs> you ever find there's more unbelief in the church than in the world? Well, you know, I think it has something to do with the people who looked at the Bible and they saw all these miracles and they looked around them and they saw no miracles and they decided that means mm. that it must have ended with the death of the apostles because yeah. we haven't heard of anything since then. And they were just ignorant and, and they came up with this cessation theory that's only that's um, that's about as as good as um, uh, what do you call that theory of of man evolving from monkeys um the theory of evolution you know it's about as good as that theory there's just there's not enough evidence to prove it they both take faith exactly (laughs) exactly and isn't that amazing that people have faith in a lack of faith yes that's really what it is so i mean those instances are profound you know one thing is we've traveled in the philippines i'll tell about this we went over there. We were invited. We were going over there every year, a couple times a year. But this church asked me to, to sit down and talk with me, the pastor and leaders of this church. I said, sure. And they said, well, we have never told anybody this. But since we were challenged in 2010 by Brother Sadhu Sandar Savaraj, that God had said to the nation to fast and pray for 10 days, and the Lord is going to do something to take you to the next level. So this whole church, small church, maybe 45, 46 people, men, women, and children, fasted and prayed for 10 days. And all of a sudden, they're having these supernatural experiences where they're in heaven, they're caught away. They're, wow. They hadn't wow. told anybody. They just kept practicing this. And so when they heard me mention it, they said, could you tell us, you know, is this true? And I said, yeah. So we picked a day. <laughs> I brought them in and we sat down and for a few hours, I taught them from the word and they were weeping and joyful because finally we have scripture to back us up. Now we can say something. Wow. That's why I find out the indigenous peoples in the interior of the Philippines, the natives that are not educated, weren't saved, had a visitation from a supernatural being all in white named Jesus, Hmm. got saved, filled with the Holy spirit. And they began to translocate all over the place also. Wow. wow. So there's whole people groups walking in this right now. Glory to God. God's secret service. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and the mandate that the Lord gave you for this was for end times ministry. Absolutely. He he told me because those many years ago I said, Lord, why are you why are you telling me this? He said, I'm calling you to be a forerunner. And I thought, oh, dear Jesus, no. <laughs> I mean, to get shot at first. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and he said, because the day is coming when you're not going to be able to travel. Wow. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. You're going to be locked down. I mean, everything we're seeing right now, mm-hmm. some places worse than others. Yeah. And you're going to need this to be able to, to, to move from one place at my direction to do my bidding and my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, so teach my people how to do this by faith. Wow. So how is this different from astral projection? Astral projection is an act of my will through uh, demonic auspices, if you will, of teaching myself how to go out to do whatever I feel like I want to do. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We're under authority. Exactly. And if God doesn't say to do something, you don't do it. John 5, 19, even Jesus himself said, I do nothing. I can of my own self do nothing. 
That's right. In other words, I'm under authority. I don't do anything without the Father saying, go do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I only do what I see, which is a whole nother can of worms. But <laughs> but uh, so so that's why in our schools, I, I beat that horse with a hammer because this is not for your frivolous enjoyment. Right. This yeah. isn't something we play with. This is a tool that God gives to a remnant company of believers oh. who are moving towards the place of maturity and who are going to usher in and walk in and help in this final great awakening that's taking place. They're not going to be hindered. They're not going to be stopped. They're not going to be self-seeking, self-promoting. They're just, most of them are going to remain secret because this is something you have to go, well, look at me, that you just disqualified yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, I, 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 and I'm seeing this happen more and more frequently with people. The reason... I or my wife or Michael Van Vlyman, who you know, shares testimonies is not because we're trying to say, look at us. It's because we're saying this is the reality. God gave us experiences so we can convey the reality of this to you and build within you a hope and, a, and an expectation and something that you can, you know, take take with you to, to follow after God because he's no respecter of persons. It's true. Mm -hmm. If it's, it's for one, it's for all in this respect. There's a, uh, yeah, there is. There's a price to be paid. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's willing. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, Isaiah 64, 4 says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Now, that's King James, but you get the idea. But then when Paul is quoting that in the New Testament, after Jesus has won the victory, he has paid the price, he has brought us into the new covenant, Paul quotes him and says, it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's where Isaiah stopped. But then he goes on, he says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the mm. spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things, things. of God. Yeah. And that's what this is. We're, we're looking into the deep things. And, you know, we've been playing around for far too long in the shallows. Um, one of the things that it says on your on your website is that uh, we believe this is the hour for the church to walk in the fullness of their inheritance mm, in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's way more than what we have bought into so far. And and, you know, most of us that that grew up in church have some doctrinal ideas of what's awaiting us and what's our inheritance. But I think there's way, way more. What, what, would, what do you have to say about it? Well, you, you really want me to get in trouble, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there are plenty of things that I don't share because i uh, waiting on the timing of God, but so many are just not prepared. Yeah. For instance, 1 John four seventeen, the last part of the verse says, as he is. Yes. So are we in this world, mm -hmm. but as he was, as he is right now. So here's a question. Is Jesus ever get sick? No. no. <laughs> Does he ever have fear, doubt, unbelief, worries? No. Mm -mm. Is he limited by space and time? No. And Jesus said in John 4, 12, 14, 12, the works that I do, not the works I did. Mm -hmm. 
can do also. So the first thing he's doing, see, we always move towards the spectacular rather than the supernatural. What do I mean by that? Oh, that's yeah. We want okay. the ooh, ah, and wow. Did you see that? Did you feel that instead of the supernatural life, which is a consistent daily walk, understanding mm-hmm. you're in the kingdom and living in, in that kingdom. So everybody's gravitates toward the spectacular. That's why their belief system is so shallow. That's why they go from convention to convention, seeking but not getting fulfilled. And want words, prophetic words at every, yeah. Yeah. That's a very dangerous ground and a slippery slope. But the works that Jesus is doing, you know, millions and millions of people around the world now have been converted by a a visitation from Jesus who removes the veil, steps into this realm, shares himself and steps back. The works that he's doing. Very good. We can do. Amen. Amen. On the third day, early in the morning, on the third day, what happened? Translation, Jesus stepped out of the third heaven, came to the earth. Oh, yes. And he appeared to his disciples and he disappeared again. See, it's all throughout the Bible. Yeah. And he said, what I do, you can do also. Yeah, that's right. So we've limited ourselves by our doctrine, our theology, or the the denominational pedigree and, and and we have to function within that rather than picking up the word of God and saying, now, wait a minute, that's not what Jesus did. For, I'll give you a perfect example that used to bother me at one time. Now it just kind of tickles me in the seventies, uh, you know, with the faith movement and the praying for the sick, I, I agree with all that and that even further back, but, Every service you went to in any uh, Pentecostal charismatic church, they always had their bottle of oil on the altar. Yeah. And you did not get prayed for without oil. (laughs) Yeah. So what was a principle became a common practice with no understanding of what was being accomplished. It says in James chapter 5, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Biblically, elders had to be at least 60 years of age mm-hmm. to care of a whole swath of churches, Christian churches. Then the elders would anoint them with oil. With the word anoint with oil, literally, if you go back to the entomology of what they're talking about, they would take them and smear them with the word of God. Hmm. Oh. Or in other words, like they used to do a four-square church um, And people that heard Mariah would with that, people that were seekers for healing in services at first, they'd go into the tent during the afternoon and they would be taught in the word about healing. Mm -hmm. They would be smeared with the oil of his word regarding healing. Good. And then they would be given a little card or something that said they had been to that. And now you can be prayed for at night, and guess what? That's why they had so many helics. Wow. Because they were smeared with oil. Wow. And then, you see, then the prayer of faith saves the sick. Good. And the Lord raises, and if they've committed any sin, they'll be forgiven. So, so I mean, simple things like this, we, we make it a practice, a formula. Mm-hmm. So when you have formulas without principle, you have witchcraft. Ooh. Wow. If we follow the principle of the word, the guide, Jesus never, ever prayed for anybody the same way twice. That's where I got the disconnect. I said, wait a minute. We've got a formula. Jesus had a relationship with the Father. His was dynamic. This is stagnant. Mm-hmm. He had results. 
sometimes there's results because God's mercy for the individual asking. Mm-hmm. And so we have to stay in the place of relationship and that dynamic, vital life that comes with relationship where he says, do it this way, do it that way, go here, go, not boom, 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 every time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've heard, you know, prophetic words of what God's going to do is, you know, where everybody's going to get healed, you know, in meetings. And, and so that would be a result of be to what he wants you to be. And then these things happen. Yeah. Well, sure. I, I believe, I mean, Jesus, when they brought people to him, remember at Peter's door, his mother-in-law, he healed them all. That's, there's biblical precedent for healing uh-huh. them all. But again, remember, Jesus is led by the Father, by the Spirit. He only right. does what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Most of the times in the healing meetings you and I have ever had uh, encounters with, they're trying to look good, get another notch, look how powerful I am, look at my anointing. Well, it's not about you. Right. Yeah. It's about him. And if he said to do that, do it. The pool of Bethesda, Jesus only prayed for one person. Mm-hmm. Very true. If there were, how many were there? Well, why did he do that? Because he's under authority. If we would just get back to that simple, basic truth, we'd see far more fruit. Very, very yes. true. Wow. Very, very true. Mm. Well, uh, we would like to have you back again on another podcast. Would you join us again? I'd be delighted. That'd be fun. Okay. Well, let's let's plan on that. And in the meantime, would you please pray for the listeners? Absolutely. Father, I thank you that your hungry people have an ear to hear because it resonates with their heart. And because you're speaking to their heart, you're going to bring forth a harvest of righteousness. And this seed has found good soil and will spring forth into abundant life within them. I pray that you would touch them, confirm them, release grace upon them to walk in the fullness of what you're calling them to in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we want to bless you, each and every one that's listening, and invite you again to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org. And if you want to know more about this school, School of the Supernatural Translation by Faith with Dr. Bruce Allen and his wife Reshma and Mike Van Vleiman and his wife Gordana, they're going to be with us teaching in, in March, March 20th to 25th, 2022. And we hope that you'll be able to join us. Just uh, look at it, pray over it, see if the Lord is saying, yes, go to this thing and sign up soon because uh, the space is limited. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>